Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 18. As the Rangers get back to their winning ways and defeat the Buffalo Sabres in a scary win, and we'll get into that for sure. But uh, all things seem to be okay, but don't worry, I am here to put a damper on everything Rangers today. So I hope Andy is ready. So I will open this podcast with, once again, Andy, how are you doing? Well, I was doing good, but that was kind of ominous, so I, I think I'm doing all right. Uh, right now, my wife and I are apartment hunting, which is always stressful, but to do it right before the holidays and around the holidays is ahead of a new dimension, so uh, I've, um, we're going to listings all the time right now and meeting with realtors, and uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm all over town these days, and like you said, you add the usual chaos that surrounds uh, the holidays and, and family functions and dinners and shopping and yeah so uh, I'm busy but uh, so are the Rangers their schedule's been pretty busy as of late but they get right back in the the win column well depending on who you ask <laughs> right after dropping a, a tough one to the avalanche who's just murking teams right now but yeah uh, uh, other than other than that chicken with his head cut off I'm doing okay yeah let's let's talk about the loss first. Andy, I think that's a good place to start. And I'm not I'm not like saying it because, you know, oh, the Rangers got killed. But we we called this loss in the previous podcast before well, the Rangers a, played the game. It was, yeah, it was a scheduled loss. I mean, you, you look at their schedule, what time they were going to be getting home. Uh, the Avalanche had been and even after that game had con- continues to put up like six to seven goals on teams. You know, they're just in a groove right now. And. Yeah, so it was a scheduled loss. You can't win them all. Uh, but, you know, again, I it's kind of hard to... Because they were good the first period, and which you could tell. and But then you just saw them slowly just slip and get slower and more lethargic and just not on their toes as much. And the Avalanche just were using their speed and fresh legs to just break through their defense more and more. And yeah, so... That's that's the result you get, you know, so uh, it is what it is. And, you know, and this is to say this is an avalanche team that got spanked eight to three by the, the Maple Leafs a couple of games before, you know, so that's something they've been allowing a lot of goals against. You know, they beat they lost to the Senators six to five. Uh, they beat the Flyers seven to five. They beat us seven to three. They beat the Red Wings seven to three. They play the Panthers tonight, so they play an open, loose, and open game that kind of juices their offense. It seems this right now, especially because I think considering goaltending is a weakness for them this year, uh, this is the route they want to go, which is to juice their offense as much with as much speed and transition, and just just try to bury teams with goals, but also obviously giving up a lot themselves. So, you know, like I said, scheduled loss doesn't really bother me too much it maybe bothered me in the moment because uh i've become so accustomed you know to the range a the rangers winning or pulling things out or getting timely goals or and you know i thought Heedle scoring that goal was huge in the moment because at least I, I even if they lost i was hoping they would lose by 
you know, a 20 foot putt, you know, lose by a goal or maybe even two goals. But uh, they obviously then quickly allow one as the kid line makes some dumb decisions and have a turnover, which I think is just inexperience and a little lethargy. And, you know, you get a little too comfortable and teams will then uh, counterattack pretty fast. So all in all, it sucked in the moment, but I don't know. It didn't ultimately didn't bother me too much. I it was scheduled loss, and I think Gallant, uh, in preaching everything he has done this season, he was with his group. He kept him calm. He's like, it happens. Don't worry about it. We're on to the next one. It is what it is. We're not going to overanalyze it, especially because I, th- I think a lot of times, especially if you're having success and then you have a, a bad loss like that, you if you put too much pressure on like, oh, we really got away from our stuff and you make them kind of tense up, it's easier to get them out of a rhythm that way whereas you just say listen we've been playing good and we're you know we don't want to make excuses but clearly it was you know our schedule's been really tight and we got home late the night before and it is what it is we we're we're moving on so and i think that's the right way to approach it yeah i I definitely agree with you see for me as a rangers fan who's kind of seeing this team for what they are and they're a team all about feeling good and, and and gaining momentum from these wins and They've been on a little bit of a streak and you knew, you know, a loss was eventually coming. And then this was a perfect storm with how the schedule worked out. Uh, Igor is injured. So they, you know, brought up uh, Huska to play the game. Huska, Huska, however you want to say it. Um, They, I wanted this game to kind of be a reality check. And I feel like everyone knows that this was like a scheduled loss and the Rangers kind of gave this one back. And I I don't like that I have the feeling that the Rangers even deep inside kind of know that this was like the sacrificial lamb of games to give back to the hockey gods in order, you know, to make it to Buffalo the next game. I wanted it to kind of be a humbling experience and say, you know, I kind of just wish Gallant was just like, you know, obviously we're not we're not 100 percent there. Like, I want to say, like, there's still things that we need to work on, clearly. Uh, if we want to, you know, compete for a Stanley Cup, like I wanted those words to come out of his mouth. I didn't want it to be like, well, it happens because I feel like the the Rangers aren't good enough to be uh, like a cocky team. They still need like a chip on their shoulder. And I thought maybe uh, a whooping like the Avalanche gave them would have like kind of humbled them a little bit and been like, all right, we got to get back on track here because, you know, like that was embarrassing to lose at home 7-3 against the Avalanche, kind of leaving our or, you know, a rookie goaltender out to dry. Like, you know, I kind of want them to have a chip on their shoulder. The only silver lining I can say is, um, I think Sam mentioned it, that there was a text message that Strom sent to the rest of the guys, especially the younger guys, basically saying, like, we know that's not who we are. Let's shake this one off, um, let, you know, and let's get right back at it against the Buffalo. And And for the most part, you know, I thought the Rangers came out and played a very good game against Buffalo. I won't say a great game. It wasn't their best. But, you know, Buffalo is a team that's not easy to play against. And I, they're on the road. It was a Friday night whiteout, which, you know, obviously that's why the jerseys were switched. If you watch the game, the Rangers were wearing their home blues. There was nobody in the barn. It was pretty much all Ranger fans. So the whole Friday night whiteout thing was pretty embarrassing from the Buffalo Sabres standpoint. But um, yeah, I, the doom and gloom is coming. I, won't get, I want to hear your thoughts before we get into the whole Buffalo game. But the doom and gloom is coming here, Andy, from me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling all that much doom and gloom, if I'm being honest. I mean, it's, you made a good point about sometimes it's good to have a game like that. It can be humbling. I'd say case in point. Toronto, since beating the Avalanche eight to three, you know, before that they were they beat the Ducks five to one, they beat the Sharks four to one, they beat the Kings six to two, they shut out the Islanders three and zero. Oh, they had a nice, pretty nice run going uh, since they they beat us in that uh, nail quick, you know, either coin flip of a game nail biter. And but then since then, you know, they beat the Avalanche and they're feeling good about themselves. But then all of a sudden they lose to the Wild four to three. So they allow four goals. They lose to the Jets six to three. They allow six goals. They they beat the Blue Jackets five to four. So they still allow f- four goals. They lose to the Lightning five to three, which they allow five goals. And then last night, they uh, in with like I think a minute left in regulation, they're up four one, and then they give up three goals in like I forget like a very short span. 
and they but they get lucky and score off of a weird bounce and they they win they go up 5-4 with only a couple minutes left you know so they get lucky but then they pan up to the press box and Dubis kind of just as his team scores to go up he shakes his head in disgust and kind of turns around i think he was hoping they would get beat by the blackhawks because i think he thought this would be a good wake up call for a clearly talented group that had taken their foot off the pedal a little bit since uh, they beat the Avalanche, and that was probably their last good game. And then they just, you know, you think, oh, we beat the the high, whatever. And I don't know what the situation is if if Colorado, who had injury problems early, if everyone was back or McKinnon or whatever. But they were feeling too good about themselves. And you know, the second you stop taking games lightly or seriously, you your the back of your neck can get filled, and that goes for any team in the league. So. I just thought it was funny to say you said that. And then there was clips on Twitter this morning of Dubas shaking his head in disgust about his own team scoring a go ahead goal, which but that's the thing. That's the standard that uh, cup contending teams want to have. Right. There's different standards. I mean, you know, the, the, the Devils and the Islanders right now, are, their standards are much lower. It's like just get a win at home <laughs> or or if you're the Devils, it's like, I don't know. It's like, don't give up a goal after scoring a goal immediately. You know, um, so it just it's all relative, I think. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, I definitely know I'm guilty of it. I get caught up in the expectations sometimes. And I think that's the biggest I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think the biggest strength of uh, Turk is that his he manages the game that's in front of him and he gets his team to manage the game that's in front of him. Hence why they're not all Picassos at times. But, you you know, this is a group that even though sometimes they might might not play, you know, they might only play 40 minutes. I remember in the last couple of years, they wouldn't play their games. They wouldn't play 60 minutes. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, I guess this is a really good time to do. And we have a write-in question from Pat, who I think his head is, uh, I don't know how he's walking through doorways right now because his head is so big that we mentioned him on the last podcast that <laughs> now he automatically thinks he's got like a, a weekly spot here. I, um, listen, I'm all, for, I'm all for Ask Pat. I'll no, come I, up I, with a jingle and everything. We can we can have ask Pat or Pat he, asks whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he well he's getting like the Rangers where now I got to kind of humble him and kind of be the you know the avalanche here and humble okay. him a little bit, uh, saying that you know he thinks he can just you know make an appearance here on every podcast. But he he wrote in a question. And I I actually thought it was a a pretty it was a pretty fair question because I I don't know why, but there's a lot of this guy's talk on Twitter and just online and stuff like that because mm-hmm. uh, he's been out of the spotlight a little bit but you know the question was but given the same roster what do you think the start would be with if the Rangers had David Quinn as a coach I don't think it would be as good I mean you've heard so much shade over the summer from the rookies I think the biggest, one of the biggest things, reasons for this team, because we have to realize as good as Panarin and Strom have been, Mika hasn't really been, you know, Kreider's been hot, but Mika hasn't really found his game too much. Although I would say which he's is crazy because he's been, which means this team has other levels to get to, which is great, but also it could be a problem if you could, if they want to, you know, hopefully he's saving it for when the, the, the playoffs, but, um, I would say it would be it wouldn't be as good because I don't think his his Quinn's biggest problem and it was interesting because he was on Cam and Strick I think a couple of weeks ago and yep. you know they told him they think he overachieved a bit which uh maybe could be true I mean when you have Adam Fox and you don't realize you have a player of that caliber uh, and you have Panarin <laughs> and you have uh you know a confident Georgiev and Shesterkin you know, I think, you know, splitting the load. Uh, yeah, I just think you are going to be a little bit better than maybe you should be. I think obviously a big difference is the youth, the kid line has become a great depth option for them because, you know, they're not scoring all that often, but they're a jump line and an energy line. Uh, yeah, and I just think hearing it from the skilled players had kind of tuned him out and that the rookies capo especially saying like i was the second i hit the ice i was second guessing my natural instincts because he has all these weird rules about not stick handling on breakaways and he was a micromanager and it was just clearly they were sick of it so i mean i don't know if it would be worse we saw after a really rough year with elaine vino last year the flyers clearly were willing coming into the season were willing to like 
I don't know, forgive him if they he took some onus and responsibility. Uh, that clearly didn't happen, and they clearly just hated the guy more. So, yeah, I don't necessarily think Quinn would they would be in a similar. They might be slightly better, but at the same time, I just don't see. I just don't see Capo like just especially if you he you know Gallant and Kaku even said this kept him with Stroman Panarin despite not producing in those first ten games. David Quinn would have absolutely had broken that lineup and put Kako on the third or the fourth line, like by game three, right? Yeah. That's who he is. And it's how he coaches where, uh, Gallant to his credit, you know, we pay all this money for a guy like Barkley Goodrow. And yes, at times he's at the top of the lineup to fill in just to see what it looks like. But then he doesn't care how much he makes. He's like, you know what? I think he, like most fans, he's like, recognizes this guy's good at center, but he's a little overmatched in the first line. Puts him on the fourth line, and lo and behold, that line is scoring now. And that's the thing about Galan. Or Kako, he's like, you know what? He's getting chances, so why am I going to move him? So it's so funny, because it sounds so easy and simple, but so many coaches overthink this thing, that there's like something they have to unlock, where Turk really is all about the process, and when you just make the right decisions on a... Like, in every for every situation, there's an easy, elegant, and simple solution. And that might not seem perfect, but if it seems like it's the right decision, they kind of all add up. The bigger picture then figures itself out. And that's what he's done so far. So, yeah, I don't necessarily think Quinn would have a better record. It might be slightly better than, uh, or, you know, they might be a bubble, uh, you know, a bubble team or in the wildcard race, but I don't think they're where they're at now because I think a lot of the success this team has had is really about been, like you had said, just kind of, you know, just believing in, their the feel and that's the other thing is that everyone has said that the feel is a little bit different this year obviously having guys character guys like reeves really helps you know they have everyone's got a it's one thing to be like close nick root but you see them all hanging out you know and that's not just like clicks of guys where it's apparently had been click the locker room had been very clickish in the past but now you see you know, you see the uh, Panarin and Kako and uh, Barkley Goodrow and Rooney. And yeah, you just have all these guys, no matter from what part of the world they're from, they're all going to games together and they're having team parties and they're hanging out and they're texting and they're driving each other to the rink. And it's just, you know, it's just more of a group. And the, since the feeling is so good, they want to spend time around each other. So, and obviously it helped the COVID things being a little bit lax compared to like last year where they said they couldn't like team bond or anything or hang out with each other was rough. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it would be a similar result. They might be in the hunt, but they wouldn't be like flirting with first in the entire NHL like they are right now. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think he would have a little, I think, see my problem with Quinn was, and you know, he, he, Pat actually did mention the podcast that he was on and hearing that interview and, and it was kind of, he said it was kind of hard to believe that the, he lost the locker room to the point where the Rangers were like, this guy just needs to go. But I don't it, think it was that dire. I do think, though, that I think if you there lose, was some grievances, if you lose your top guys, if you lose a Panarin, a Panarin or a Zibanejad, the locker room's done. Like, yeah, it's it tr- like those two guys are the locker room. So it's whatever those guys are feeling, the younger guys are automatically going to feel that too. So if they see, you know, Mika Zibanejad, you know, clearly unhappy or just like shaking his head or rolling his eyes when, you know, Quinn leaves the locker room, I, I think like, you know, if you're Kako or Lafreniere, just, you know, any of the, even, you know, even Miller on defense, even though I thought, you know, Miller, you have to give Quinn, you know, credit where credit is due. You know, I thought, you know, Miller had a, you know, he, he didn't really skip a beat. He kind of came here, fit right in, got a ton of playing time, and he kind of grew as much as you would expect Miller to to grow, you know, in that short of amount of time. So, um, you know, mainly the, the, the Kako and the Lafreniere because, you know, that was the two biggest concerns with Ranger fans was that Quinn was going to prohibit them from, from growing. And I don't think he necessarily did that i just think you know there obviously clearly was locker room issues all of last season it just felt like there was no there's too many questions whereas at least with gallant i may not like his personnel choices but i know i know 
what he's doing right now is clearly working. Like, you know, take for instance, the Buffalo game where he had, you know, Nemeth out there with, you know, under two minutes with a one goal lead. I, I, why he's not telling, you know, whoever's making that call to bench Nemeth for the final two minutes, like is beyond me. But again, what he's been doing has been working. So who am I to fully question every single call that he's making? And I'm not on the bench. So I don't know, you know, maybe it was, uh, you know, a choice out of, uh, more being desperate than you know rather personnel choice so yeah um, yeah no overall i think you know I, yeah obviously quinn i think would have been a little bit better because this this roster is clearly a little bit deeper but again i think it's you're getting the best out of even guys on the fourth line because of the culture that gallant has created and you know it's kind of relaxed more fun I feel like there's less pressure for the Rangers to win, even though they are winning. I know it's like, you know, it's kind of backward, backwards logic a little bit. But sometimes that's exactly what why you do well is when there's no pressure to do well. Where I feel like last year we were like, come on, we can make the wild card. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden, like, we fell short. And it's like, yeah, we're not there yet. Well, yeah. And it, it's I think to your point, it's like when this team loses, especially early on, Gallant was especially because at least you know the Dallas game and just early on they weren't having too much success but they looked like they were putting something together and Gallant's like yeah I'm happy with this and maybe we need to work on this but he was just kind of downplaying he's like you know you just you get better and you get better and you get better but and Quinn would say these things but then you'd obviously and subsequently we, we heard behind the scenes he was really like he'd be really critical of things and micromanage and that type of stuff. And, you know, no, I'm not saying he was like a torts level, you know, asshole or anything, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just clear that he really harped on stuff and really put pressure on different things where Gallant's a little bit more, he'll leave it to the, the guys to do. And he just like, he likes, he said, makes a point to keep it light and keep it fun. He says that all the time, like have fun and play hockey. He's like, hockey's fun. And I think, yeah, and I, I, you could definitely see that there are guys that have taken it upon themselves to to step up. I mean, you you can whether it's on the ice, like a guy like Kreider who's playing his best and most effective hockey right now, and the hockey we've always wanted him to play as Ranger fans. Jacob Truba, who, I mean, has has really worked himself into consideration to wear a, a, the letter on his chest, you know, with it's just how he's been this season. Uh, and what guys are saying about what he does for them in the locker room, that he's the guy who's giving most of the speeches, you know, and Strom has stepped up too a lot and you see him being more physical and he's really at least giving it more of a, he's been better defensively this year and he's clearly taken a lot of young guys under his wing. And that's the thing. I think it's just, he's kind of left it up to the group to, to get themselves better as opposed to a coach really you know, trying to harp on guys to get them to be better. And it's making a huge difference. So yeah, again, it's like from this team clearly has new levels they to get to. And they won't, I think they most likely won't get to them this season. Obviously you want, we want uh Kako and Lafreniere to have the, fl- the flip switched and be superstar status already. That's clearly not going to happen. They're just going to both have their moments of brilliance and, but ultimately, the it might not be where you want it immediately. But uh, or you know, Zibanejad, who is having a, I don't know, you could say maybe he's doing the Steve Eiserman thing, where he's like, I scored a bunch of goals, but this team really needs me to play a more complete game. And I think he has been better defensively and in transition and coming back and stuff. And obviously, his playmaking has been excellent this year with Kreider. He's found him in a lot of great spots. But you know, you want him to to actually shoot the puck. But um. Well, think how many points he'll get when Giroux comes in and plays on his wing. <laughs> or Patrick Kane, yeah, or whatever. But yeah, uh, that, that's a, you know, we'll save that for another podcast because there are so many possibilities there. But yeah, I just think this group, and again, this kind of, it all comes back to Turk's influence is that, yeah, whether it's every decision he makes, I don't think he overcomplicates things. I mean, a lot was made of why Huska played that game. And, you know, he also does a good job of if he makes decision, he protects his players. He says, listen, I like the kids first period. Those goals weren't really weren't his fault. I mean, they're like, why would you send him down then? And he's like, well, you know, obviously 
under normal circumstances, Kincaid, who has experience, would get the call up, but he was in COVID protocol, so we couldn't. So a goalie change was the smartest thing to do, no matter what. So we did it. And, you know, obviously there's been a lot of speculation that he saw that was a scheduled loss and, and Georgiev has played well. And he's like, I'm not going to kill his confidence now. He basically sacrificed Adam Huska to save Georgiev's confidence. And then Georgiev comes to and has an excellent game versus Buffalo, you know? So, yeah, uh, well, the yeah. uh, Kincaid was supposed to be here. I mean, they were they spoke about how much money he lost because he was in the COVID protocol. Yeah. And, and that's I, the thing. Yeah, yeah, he didn't test negative three times in a row or something. Like yeah, it was like, like he they had like Mika had that false positive. Right. Uh, I think something similar to that happened. It was like inconclusive results. And then he had to wait for another one. So he would have been called up. But that's what they had to do. And again, it was just, no matter you could put Igor in that. And I'm not sure they're winning that game based on the way they played. So no, and it was and a scheduled loss. And you know, the, unfortunately, Huska had to be the sacrifice. But you know what? It you know, hopefully, it, it's it lights a fire under him. He realizes how 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 brutal it can get with NHL high powered NHL talent. So you know, who knows? Maybe he comes in and he it helps him in the rest of his season with Bridgeport. Um, especially if you know Kincaid's going to come up and have cups of coffee now and then. But I. You looked at Georgiev's body language against Buffalo, and he looked calm and cool as a cucumber, like the Georgiev I remember. You know, so it's working, and that's like I, I, again, not to keep uh, flapping my gums, but I think that's the Turks' biggest strength is that he's just good at he builds and he builds and he builds and he builds, and now it clearly works with Georgiev. He's he's good at building guys' confidence, and that you can see that. So, and hence they're flirting with first in the league, which is still kind of surreal. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. As everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, in the beginning of the podcast, I said the doom and gloom is coming because, um, you know, and this kind of reverts back to what I said earlier in the podcast, where I don't think the Rangers were truly humbled by that 7-3 loss by the Avalanche. Now, what's entering my mind, Andy, and I feel mm-hmm. like what's actually needed, and you're going you're gonna to hate me for this, but I, I think it'll be good. This week coming up, I'm dedicated, is going to be, I'm going to call it like the... I'm going to call it uh, like a crap week. All right. We're, we need to lose like three of the next four games. Three of the next? Yeah, we, we need a cleansing. And I know, I know that sounds like a lot, Andy. <laughs> okay. I know it sounds like a lot, but hear me out. Okay, I'll hear you out. The Predators are playing well. And, you know, they're obviously not, they're exceeding expectations, at least my expectations of what the Predators, I thought they would be at the beginning of the season. I, I, I think we lose tonight at home. And I just feel like it's coming. This team, I don't know if the bounce back win against Buffalo actually hurt them more than it helped them. But I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I know this is bad. This is because it is a Rangers podcast. We're going to lose to Nashville. We're going to lose to Colorado. We're going to win an overtime game against Arizona. And then we're going to get shellacked against the Vegas Golden Knights. There's going to be panic is going to ensue. Gallant is going to calm us down, and then we're going to smack the Canadians before Christmas, right? That's the 22nd, and I think that'll be good because 
we have a little bit of a break that week, right? Just the one kind of random game at home against the Montreal Canadiens. And then we play a very good Detroit Red Wings who are, have been playing well and staying in the picture. And then we play Florida and Tampa Bay to close out the year. We need this cleansing week. And I say that because we need, we need like, we need to overcome something. There needs to be an obstacle in the season. We can't just humming, keep humming along like we are. There's got to be some adversity because that, that's what's going to make it. And, you know, I, I, again, with every loss, it's, it's, I know Rangers Twitter is very toxic, but there are some good points. You know, the Rangers, you know, you know they, their schedule so far hasn't been rough. And they haven't gone through a rough patch, really. Maybe you could say that first West Coast trip. But I feel like the Rangers weren't the team we see right now. So the team that we see right now, the roster that we have, the feelings that we have right now, it needs to hit a bit of a rough patch for me to feel like, all right, now let's let's pull back a little bit and then build off of that. Like, we need adversity. I know, I know you probably don't want to buy into that. But I'm telling you, I think that would be almost the best thing possible. Get it out of the way before the holidays, you know, Rangers fan, what? And then, you know, smack Montreal. This way people have a good feeling going into, you know, Christmas or whatever. And then, you know, and then get back to work, you know, New Year's week where you got, you know, Detroit, Florida and Tampa and Florida and Tampa are on the road. So, um, you you know, it's just it's a tough, tough span here. And uh, I, I think we need a little bit of a of a cleansing here. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, that's a I don't lot. know. Yeah, I don't a know lot. how you want to respond to that. You can I will. I'll say this. I, I think the way I'm looking at it. So, including tonight when they play the Predators, you're listening to this uh, Monday morning. They had played last night. So we're recording this before the game. They have eight games before New Year's Eve, um, or they have their eighth game versus the Lightning is on New Year's Eve. Uh, so. I think realistically for me, if they go four and four, I would be happy. That would assume they beat the Coyotes, they beat the Canadians, they beat the Red Wings, and they either beat the Preds or upset one of the Golden Knights, Lightning, or uh, the Avalanche, which is possible. And then, you know, you could say maybe they get shellacked by tampa or the panthers get are at home and they've been very strong there so they you know they get shellacked by maybe the avalanche the panthers uh the lightning and then maybe one of the you know one of the any other aforementioned teams but uh you know it'll be i think tonight's game is very interesting because i'm when i'm going i'm now looking through the ranger schedule and i think they even spoke about this but like out and this is the discounting the fact that they lost their first two games right but like after uh they lose they would then win subsequently win the next two games although they had that obviously that mini streak against the, where they lost to the Canucks in overtime and and the Oilers in overtime and the Flames but you know they've followed those back with subsequent wins and they would never it was never like loss win loss it's always been loss and then a string wins so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, they, they lost to the Avalanche, obviously, but they beat the Sabres, although, again, <laughs> depending on who you ask and how it was going to go, it'll be interesting to see if they can win tonight, because that'll just keep a string, that'll kind of tell you about at least mentally where this team is at and their mental maturity, you know, because it's like, it does seem like they've established a little bit of a higher benchmark. And there's a lot of times where I've, this season already, where I've said, well, they're probably going to, go on a mini slump here or mini losing streak, but they've been pretty good about riding the ship, you know, and again, they don't make excuses. They just kind of get back to it. So yeah, I think how they play today at home with some rest, they took yesterday off because, uh, you know, they were obviously their schedule has been so compact recently and they're not traveling that far. It was only Buffalo. So I'm sure they only were in the air for what, an hour or two or, and then, you know, hopefully they, uh, they'll have a little morning skate today and, get back to it but uh yeah i'll be curious to see how they look tonight because obviously they were absolutely dominant team versus the sabers in the first period like it was probably one of the best first periods i've seen them play forever but as the game went on and the score was only you know they go up but they only kind of have the you know one goal scored against them for a while for better parts of almost you know two periods and then 
Buffalo as a bottom feeder does what they've done all year is kind of let teams beat up on them, but just try to do their best to keep the puck out of their net. And Lukanen played great for them despite, uh, you know, so keeping it close. And then they kind of all dumped the tank and the Rangers kind of ran out of gas again at the end. And obviously uh, you have the whole situation, which we should probably talk about with the disallowed goal to tie it up in the late stages of that game uh, due to a, a weird non-call on the offside touch-up. So, um, yeah, the, the the Rangers definitely were out of gas and kind of turtling towards to end that period. And they were just, instead of, you know, because we've seen them with, especially we've seen them with Leeds' this period play their best hockey once they have the lead in the third period, right? But uh, this game, they were definitely not doing that. And they were clearly running out of gas again. And they were just kind of turtling and wishing. And they were playing wish hockey, as Quinn uh, likes to used to say so eloquently. So. So would you would you make that um, sides call? I mean, it's clearly complicated because no one could really. It was hard. People had to like look. It was one of those things where they, you know, it went to the situation room in the NHL, and then they get the book out and they say, "Uh, yeah, no, that's or the refs anyway." They're like, "It's offside," but then they, like I said, the refs review it and they say, "You know what? Uh, it's offside," but then. What they're not taking into account is that technically there's like a touch up. And I listen, I, I'm, if I'm being honest, I still don't really like, I understand it's like, cause it's, if it comes down to they're saying that he had stick handled it over the line or whatever, but he, he had the chance to touch up and he didn't touch it. So he did the right thing. So it should have technically been alive cause he, you know, that whatever. It was, you know, it's I think at the end. Though. But like, if yeah. say there's a delayed offside, right? And yeah. you have a guy in the zone, and and it's delayed offside. And you know when someone enters and they almost play the puck, like they're going to play the puck. Yeah. It's like in the corner. Sometimes the refs will blow it dead because yeah. the guy, like, there's an like an intent to play the puck, and he he didn't touch it. Like it's a delayed offside, but he didn't touch it. But he's going skating towards the puck. Like, yeah, I mean, technically, you don't blow the whistle until there but if there's like intent that there he's going to play the puck then you know that that in my eyes you just blow the whistle dead and that's i think kind of how they made their decision but i mean it yeah again it's it's complicated and listen i think i will say this in the grand scheme of things i understand why buffalo fans are so mad because they've just it's been a decade of misery and at first, I was kind of like, well, you want to get like Shane Wright, or although I, I don't think they can get Shane Wright, right? Because they drafted first overall. And if you win, you can't then for like three years, right? Isn't that the oh, new rule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, they're like, you want a high draft pick anyway. But that being said, at some point, the winning has to start somewhere, and beating a good team can do a lot to instill confidence. So I get it, I guess. What I don't understand is that I've seen a lot of like, well, the league fixing things for the Rangers again. Like, and I, it's just like, you know, we had the whole situation with the Dwight King goal that shouldn't have counted in the, when we were in the cup final. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, don't, the, uh, don't, the don't, 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 of, um, yeah, uh, don't, Haglin. yeah, don't like project your, uh, you, you know, that's what pisses me off. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I do feel bad it happened. And they probably should have got it. But the fact that it's like, oh, like this, fu- like this is like, you know, the fucking like the Rangers did this to you. It's like, we didn't do this to you. Like, it's not. And this is I don't want to sound too harsh if it sounds like this. It's not my fault. You've been such a, a shit show of an organization for at least 15 years that you're feeling good about yourself as hinging on not, you know, losing a game, you know, or not making it to overtime on a offsides call in the third period when you're already like clearly holding down like the one, one of the bottom three spots in the league, like get the fuck out of here with that. I'm sorry. And it, it gets me, it makes me mad because it's like, you can be upset. I understand being upset and mad with the NHL. That's totally fine. It's a weird, it's a rule. They got it wrong. And then they came out, but don't, it's not the Rangers fault. They don't get to say like, they don't, they're, they're not like, it's not a goal. And they're like, Oh, I think it was a goal. And they're like, Oh, you know what? New York Rangers, you're right. Like it's a goal. Like that somehow being, 
I don't know. And then they say all the, you know, I don't know. Because they're always I mean, talking about like how, like, oh, they fixed their fixed Lafreniere to go to the Rangers and like, I don't know. It's just. All, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. <laughs> they didn't fix anything. The screw the New York Rangers button has been around long enough where we know that the NHL is not trying to fix anything. The NHL doesn't need the Rangers to be good because the Rangers are a team that will make money if they're at the bottom of the standings or at the top of the standings. They don't need the Rangers to be good. And I can understand the argument that they maybe want the Rangers in primetime games because uh, we're an organization that, you know, people watch. But listen, if you're going to if you're going to complain, the first things you need to fix, if you're having a Friday night whiteout and you want all your fans to wear white, you have your team to wear white, maybe actually get some fans in the building. Now, the only thing you can the only excuse for that is if there was a covid protocol where you weren't allowed any fans from Buffalo because it seemed like there were only New York Ranger fans in the building. So maybe the refs and the NHL headquarters were confused on where the home team, uh, you know, was and thought the Rangers were the home team because they saw the crowd and they wanted to please the home crowd and gave the Rangers that, you know, benefit of the doubt. But first off, the I've seen segments out of the rule book that prove both sides correct. Yeah, so same. I, it's it's very still very confusing. Right, and that the fact that that's the case too. I you know I think you know Buffalo fans and Ranger fans actually need to unite here and say maybe the offsides rule should be a little like it it just sh- should be a little bit more clear. Like it really shouldn't. I shouldn't see both sides being proven right by paragraphs in the rule book. Yeah. And I'll say this again. I feel sorry for Buffalo fans because I understand you need to, you have to get it going at some point. But again, I think every team in the league thinks the league has it out for them, which kind of just proves that it's not. It's like maybe there's a bad, uh, they don't do a good job of enforcing their own rules, which is definitely true. But I don't think it's like an agenda thing or that like this whole thing of Gary's like telling them to like, oh, we need this team, like help this team out or help this like, I don't think that's the case at all. I will say they do. Players have reps as saw when Skinner, you know, he, he, him and Truba have a a confrontation kind of in the corner. He thinks Truba hits him a little late or whatever it is, or takes him down. And then he skates by the Rangers bench and he's like, you know, mouthing at him and the, and the Rangers bench kind of like starts grabbing at him and not letting him go, which is kind of, I mean, listen, it's, that's the stuff that happens you know, and then he's complaining about it, and he's like, "Oh, they're grabbing me, or they're not, whatever." And apparently, they and I think it was Maloney said this on the on the radio. He goes because the ref just kind of looks at Skinner and tells him to fuck off or something. He goes like, "Fuck off, like shut up," because apparently Skinner has a rep as like a whiner already. And and Maloney says this on the radio. He goes, "You know, Jeff Skinner has a reputation. The refs around the league do not like." Him. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know and that I like, at all. I yeah, I know. It was kind of funny to hear. Or I don't think he said the refs don't like him, but they basically he basically intimated that he has a reputation and that the refs don't you know don't really. It's the kind of like the boy who cried wolf with him. And listen, I would be mad if the Buffalo bench was grabbing at uh, my you know our one of our players as they were trying to get back. But there's another part of me is like you know what benches kind of do. The Rangers clearly have a you know what like. Like, not only are we not going to be messed with, like, we're going to kind of mess with you on purpose. And that's kind of what winning teams do. And, and teams like players and, you know, because the Rangers were, were so <sighs> apathetic about this stuff that all the time it was them. It was kind of, woe is me. And we got hit and we got screwed and we got hit for the last few years. To now see them being the team that's like running, you know, interf- low key, sneaky interference and like getting th- in little scrums and shivs in the corner and just being like, you know, you think of Gaudreau's slew foot though at the end. Of the I game? didn't like that. That, that I was, I thought that was, that's horseshit. You're, you're, that's, that's a guy who's tired and his team is, and he's just kind of like, you know, letting his, that was bullshit. And he shouldn't have done that. I've been there though. I've been there before. No, I, I've you seen know it. it's wrong. And then you're just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, I've been there before. Yeah. No, listen, this game is played with a lot of emotion and, and pride and all these other things. And it's, listen, it's not, is it a good excuse? No, you shouldn't do that. And oh, absolutely it, not. Yeah. No, I thought but, he should be fined personally. Yeah. He probably should have been, he should have been fine. So I get, listen, I get Buffalo fans being mad. I'm saying as a Rangers fan in the overall scheme of things, this is a team that 
even if when it's acting out in ways like that, there is a competitive fire and juice that clearly wasn't has been lacking for the last few years, and we're seeing it kind of come out now. Uh, and it's not always good, but that's like all teams. Like you know, you don't want guys running around biting each other and all this other stuff. But yeah, they're. I mean, they're engaged, <laughs> and when they, when they're they're, uh, you know, when they're running out of steam in the late period, you know, moments of a, of a game and period, they're and all that. That's their only. That's our last uh, resort to to exert some influence on the game is just to be like you know holding on guys and running low key sneaky picks and hell even doing borderline goony and dirty shit they do it and again I don't know I don't it's like again no no excuses for a slew foot it's dangerous play he should have got fined or or you know definitely penalized and you know so but uh, yeah I guess so I can understand Buffalo fans being mad about it. But at the same point, I mean, and I, again, I hate to say this because obviously there's a lot of stuff the league needs to clean up. But, and I'm not saying slew foots, but I'm saying just in terms of being physical, like they, at one point, they said that Sabres hadn't, had only been credited with one hit at home in their own building. Like, yeah, that, they, they said on the telecast, the broadcast. Oh, and God. Early in the, I can understand in the first because they didn't have the puck, but. They were getting dunked on by the Rangers. The Rangers were absolutely dominant that first period. Like, Buffalo had nothing, and they just kind of turtled. And if that's the way you want to play, like, I don't know, man. Like, at some point, it becomes psychological. And I I say this all the time. It gets in the walls of of some of these franchises, right? It's, you can't, I don't, you know. If you're going to lose, don't lose with dignity. Lose, like, you know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, it's just, it's you, it's not that you like losing or you, you give in to losing. It's almost like you just get so used to it that it's not, well, it kind of is what it is. And that's it, just, again, this is a Rangers team that now, even when they're winning, but it seems like they're on the verge of losing there, they start acting out because that's how, how they're starting to reject the even notion of losing, you know? So I don't know. Food for thought, I guess. Yeah, it's just one of those one. It, it, listen, it's a tough game. Like it's a grind mentally, and you know you just got shellacked at home. The Rangers went on the road, and then they had you know a great first period, and then Buffalo, you know, they sucker punch you back. And you know, in in terms of you know uh, not quitting after going down two goals, you know, kudos to them. You know, the Rangers, you know, they have to find a way to kind of you know when things aren't going your way. To kind of clean it up a little bit, just play simple. Throw the puck out of the. I don't care if you ice the puck five times in a row. Just get it, get the puck out. Just slow momentum, slow the game down. Like be like annoying the play against. Have the ref be like, "Listen, I'm going to give you a fucking delay a game penalty if you ice the puck one more time." Like slow it down. And you know, I just felt like the Rangers were so, you know, you know, I, I feel like. Not that they're reluctant, but they're like that they, you can kind of see that, you know, they uh yeah, like they kinda act out when things aren't going their way a little bit. And, you know, when you play a team against Buffalo, that kinda has really nothing to lose. So they they will muck it up a little bit. You can't go out and slew foot. You can't go out and just, you know, play reckless and, and kind of give up, you know, grade A opportunities because that's, you know, when teams take advantage and score. And you know, it, it was just a weird ending to that game, Andy. And, you know, now we're now we're you know, thank God we don't have Buffalo for a bit because I just I I really don't like playing teams at the bottom of the standings in the East. Like I hate I don't like you know anywhere from you know Detroit down. I really don't like playing. Maybe Montreal I like playing, but Detroit down. I just it, look in the standings. You know the Devils, Philly, Buffalo, Islanders, Ottawa. They're just tough teams to play against. They're tough to get wins against because Ottawa they got nothing beat to lose. the beat the Lightning last night. Yeah, they're good. just nasty teams. that got nothing to lose. They're not afraid. They none of these teams like are losing because they're just like, oh, you know, we stink. You know, they're losing because they're just not there yet, and they're building something, and that scares me. Maybe not the Islanders, but we can get into that. I, I did want to mention. Uh, one thing, Andy. Yeah, go ahead. The, the Islanders jersey being buried. You know, obviously that was a huge thing going going around town. Uh, you know, the uh, New York Rangers fan who worked on the UBS arena 
buried a jersey there and basically put the curse on the New York Islanders. So um, I'm not into, you know, voodoo, but I don't know. I mean, they obviously got their first win against the Devils, but. Well, I mean, you know, we, we all, you know, that's based on a picture with two, two workers uh, faces like uh, crossed out or blind blended out and just basically saying like, you know, two union guys who buried a Rangers Jersey. So do you know if they actually did it? No. Does it matter? Not really. Just because the thought that they might've done it is good enough to drive some uh, Islander fans crazy. Um, but no, you, Andy, you and I, uh, we, like in the industry that we work and the people that we work with, I would imagine it's not very far off from. It's not far fetched at all. Perfect. Well, didn't you know? I mean, I can certainly did, picture guys doing it. Didn't they bury a jersey? Uh, didn't like wasn't there a Sox jersey buried at the new when they were building the new yes. Yankee Stadium and they yeah. they found it and they got they dug it up? Yes, they did find it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did. So uh, yeah. So again, not so far fetched, but again, I think. It's it is funny. They they do get their first win last night after beating the Devils. So you know, it sucks that they finally got their first win as a Rangers fan. But the fact that it could come with further mi- uh, misery for the New Jersey Devils isn't exactly a bad consolation prize. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it is very funny if it's true, and even if it's not true, just the fact that it like was at least because until last night they had not won that it. Yeah, Fort uh, Fort Neverwin or whatever you want to call it um, for the new UBS arena or, you know, because obviously the memes going around were great. Fort Fort Neverwin, uh, UBS stands for you beat us <laughs> more, more, more like you beat, yeah, beat us arena. Uh, just, yeah. So a lot of fun with that. And again, it's been with the Islanders and making deep playoff runs the last few years. It's the been and the Rangers being out of the playoff picture. There's been a lot of like, yeah, there's. Whenever the other your your opponents your rival team is doing well, they are going to just take endless shots at you about you'll be golfing and all this stuff. And now, then when the shoes on the other foot, and it's your turn, you know. And then round and round the carousel goes, as I'm sure it will for the next uh, for our however until the the world explodes or hockey stop ceases to exist due to global warming. Um, but uh, I got yeah. two thing, two quick things. Yeah, sure, go ahead. All right, and th- this is the first one. Will be doom and gloom, and then I'll bring it up a little bit. Okay. So, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to win the Metro. Uh, they're turning things around. This is exactly what the Pittsburgh Penguins do. Uh, this is why I worry with the Rangers because Carolina and Washington are are just unbelievable. Also, the Penguins are going to win that division, though, and this is I don't really. This is why I worry with the Rangers. And this is why I think they need a cleansing week. So I'm just throwing that out there right now. So expect the Penguins, again, to continue. You know, they're 7-2-1-1, their last 10. They've won four in a row. They're unstoppable. Uh, best coach team in the NHL, uh, Sullivan. We, de- you know, we definitely miss him. Uh, he was a great Rangers assistant coach. So, um, yeah, uh, that's all I got to say about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and... So you give me your thoughts on that, and then I'll bring up the last one. The last one thing is it's not really NHL related, but um, I want to bring it up. I mean, yeah, I could definitely see that because they're going to get Malka back, you assume, at some point. They're playing much better. They will have one of the best coaches in the NHL. They have a good mix, I think, right now of, of vets who can get it done. Uh, Crosby has been... Uh, he's definitely rounded himself back into form after looking really lethargic to start. He's got, I think he's got a little point streak going. Gensel's on fire again. Yeah, they're just, and they're just a well-coached team. And like you said, they will get Malkin back at some point. And although I, it's funny, because I think in years past, sometimes they get Malkin back and then they look a little worse. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see them. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see them uh, winning the division. Uh you know, I'm looking at the standings right now, and a part of me thinks it's like where, you know, because if you're the second and the th- third place teams uh, play themselves right now, the Rangers are third in the Metro. Uh, they're tied uh, in for points with the Hurricanes, and they both have the same number of games played. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, it's kind of hard. I don't know how it's going to shake out in the end, but there's. Uh, I would like to avoid the Hurricanes if possible. For some reason, I have more confidence in the Rangers beating the Caps. 
if they continue oh God, to you're one they, of those andy where what? it might be better to be in a wild card than a two or three seed in the metro i don't know well no okay. i'm just saying i i, I if anything i want to i'd rather play, be in first and play yes, a wild yes. card team but no so i'm just but i'm just saying it's like it's either first or i don't know how i feel about if you're if it if it slots out the way it kind of is now that knowing who the you know i yeah, it's weird. I think because I, I spoke a few podcasts ago about how the parody was pretty good, but then now, now the now the divide is coming right for for teams because the I feel like Detroit, despite being a good team, is slowly fading out of view. Uh, Columbus, yeah, they're kind of right they'll, on the cusp. They'll stick around. They're, they're they'll stick around, around. but I, you know, I just think from the Devils onward, like Devils, Flyers, uh, Sabers, Islanders, Ottawa, and the Canadians are out of it. This is not happening, un, you know, unless a miracle happens for those teams. So you could say maybe Columbus and Detroit are fighting around, and Boston has been much better as of late. Uh, they are in a, the last wild card spot, but they have two ga- two games in hand on the teams. Two games in hand on Columbus under them, despite having one more point. And uh, they have uh, four games in hand on the Detroit Red Wings. So Columbus is, is hanging on for dear life right now. They had, a, they had an OT winner, uh, winner versus the Kraken last night. But yeah, I mean, this is pretty much it. It's going to be, I think, you most likely for at least, the, you know, you'll have uh, some combination of yeah, I think I think you could say the Leafs, the Lightning, and the Panthers have the three spots in in the Atlantic pretty much tied up. And but as for Caps, uh, Penguins, and because right now the Rangers are in the third place spot, they have one less game played than the Penguins, who are in that first wild card spot. But they they have how many points on them right now? Because they have thirty three in the Rangers, so they have six points ahead. So if the they come, yeah, I guess there is a chance the Rangers could. Or the Hurricanes, who have had been up and down recently, had their struggles, could end up in that uh, wild card spot. But yeah, I mean, this—I think this is—we're pretty much looking at it now. You have Boston and the the Penguins in the wild card, but you could maybe take out any one of the Rangers, a Hurricane, uh, or uh, Penguins could be in that wild card spot for, as a Metro team, right? Whereas I think. You know, Boston is probably if they if they're the team that that makes it, they're they're the one Atlantic team in the wild card because I don't see them. They're still not what they once were. So uh, it'll be interesting because I obviously think the Rangers could beat Boston. They don't really scare me as much as they have done. Yes, they're a very good team at times, and you saw them in that game. But the Rangers, their depth is better, and yeah. So um, yeah, I guess obviously it would be nice to be first place in the Metro and play them, but. Again, the Penguins are coming on right now, so and I could definitely see the Rangers getting a little bit of a reality check or some, you know, a little bit of. Uh, but thank God they banked those points early because they still have a nice cushion. So, yeah, that's why you got to you got to beat the teams that you can beat. Um, yeah. All right. So the last thing I wanted to mention, Andy, I sent this text to you, but uh, I don't think it went through to you and Gibby. Um, there's a thing called the Three Ice, and it's a three on three tournament coming this summer. And the, there are six teams, and the coaches are Guy Carbonu, Grant Fuhr, John Leclerc, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, and Brian Trottier are coaching a three-on-three tournament, and they're touring the United States. Uh, I don't know if they're at the Garden ever, but um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And it seems like they're kind of... Jumping on the bandwagon, knowing the success that the uh, not the I guess not the NBA, but um, uh, who owns that company? Uh, the rapper, uh, he started, I think. Oh, um, what the the three company? Yeah, yeah, the, it was a big three or something in uh, with basketball, and they do like the the summer tournament and stuff. Like oh, that. yeah, it's yeah, like a league. Well, they're they're starting something like ice, that. Oh, well, Ice Cube owns it. I know. Ice that. Cube, yes, Ice Cube. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. So I, I, you know, obviously there's not a ton of details about it other than that those are the coaches on board. So obviously, you know, it must be pretty legit if, you know, they signed up those guys and they have their schedule put up also. I don't see the garden at all, but um, it'll be interesting uh, to see what um, player, former, either former uh, pros or washouts join. Because I remember for the big three, it was a lot of retired NBAers, but 
you know um no it'll it'll be i think a lot of fun to see someone to oh you know, it will yeah i mean like i said like Ro- robbie shrimp should be all, all over three ice right good oh yeah of, you know guys like him i'm trying to think uh what's his face who's a long island guy who's the trick guy the trick shot guy what's his name fuck i can't remember uh he was he he was like he was an Islanders prospect, I think. I can't remember his name. But, you know, there's plenty of players because you, you want it to be as showy as possible, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be showy up until, like, the last few weeks where they, you know, kind of want to win. Um, well, yeah, because there's a playoff. The final playoffs and championship are, are in Las Vegas. I assume the rink's going to be smaller, <laughs> right? Obviously. I don't know. Saying. I think they're playing re- regulation because they're playing at all these arenas. Yeah, man, I get um, tired. You get tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I don't know if it's just they're quicker games. You know, I don't think it's three twenty minute periods. I'm well, sure. I think I, it's obviously the whole reason is it's supposed to be a game that is faster with and more offense because you know obviously NHL coaches have coached the regroups and stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case in three ice. They're just going to be the coaches are more of like uh, for intrigue, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I think just because, uh, you know, ties to Joey Mullen and stuff like that, it's now I'm a little bit interested. Um, oh, yeah. Seeing him, you know, uh, you know, getting back into the game a little bit in a fun in a fun way. and. You know, I, I love this type of stuff. If this is what the NHL allows in, during the summer, or not really allows because it's not really the NHL, but if this is what we have to watch during the summer, I'm I'm all in. I, I'd love to watch something like that. You know, just throw it on casually. It's on, you know, every other week or something. It's loose. It's it's hockey. It's old faces. I'm all about that. So. No, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it'll be interesting to see what like guys who've been maybe playing in the KHL but want to would prefer to be closer to home, you know, play. So, uh, yeah, it'd it, definitely be interesting. I think uh, three over, three on three when it's just kind of white run and gun is fun. You know what I mean? So, I'm sure yeah. it'll produce some cool moments. But uh, yeah, it, I guess is that big three league still legi- still around or is it like? Um, you know, they just, I just saw an interview with Ice Cube and. Cause obviously they probably haven't played since the pandemic, but. Yeah, I think it is still around. I think they're trying to figure stuff out for it. Um, I think that was the last I heard because I, I think it was actually a pretty big success. Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I remember it was at the Barclays Center a couple of uh, years ago and apparently it was, uh, yeah, it was a good turnout. So, and yeah, yeah I guess if you're, like you said, if you're p- piggybacking off of you know, these, they already have courts and, you know, well, yeah, yeah. And rinks and stuff. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. All right. I'd be interested. Yeah, no, well, I'll definitely watch it. Um, but, um, but that's, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got for you, Andy. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully the Rangers can pull one out tonight, but again, uh, at James week. thinks they this team needs to be humbled a little bit, so maybe maybe it starts coming. It's a cleansing week. Yeah, we're we're keeping it, our eyes on NHL's involvement with the Olympics because, uh, from the sounds of it, if you even if it's a false positive, you might get stuck quarantining for 21 days, even if it's false. Which uh, I can understand why Robin Lehner pulled out. That's a lot, especially for someone who has uh, struggled with uh, you know uh, his me- mental health. So. And that would be too much for him just to be locked in a room with no contact from anyone in, in a, a, you know, in a foreign country for 21 days is a lot. And they're not getting a lot of answers from the IOC or the, the Chinese government right now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder if players are all of a sudden like going to don't want to go. But we'll see. You, you could definitely tell the NHL never wants to go to the Olympics. So if they see a, a foothold to be able to be like, well, you know, this is unacceptable. And they said they're going to leave it up to the players. Kind of yeah, they say that, the but decision. they 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 can definitely be like I could definitely see Gary being like, well, well I think it's a, yeah, it's yeah, a perfect. You know, are you sure you guys want to do this? You know, or at least not pressure them, but to kind of like be like, I don't know, this sounds pretty bad, you know. So we'll see. We'll keep our finger on. Apparently, it's still happening, but uh, who knows? We've seen the league pull out of things, and 
but then someone had mentioned something about them doing a, a tournament. Not it wouldn't be this year, I assume, but just in general to bring back the World Cup of Hockey, which was a lot of fun. You know, I I love obviously Team North America, the legend lives on was so much fun and the games were a lot of fun right so uh, i'm all for it um, i want the olympics i want you know i want to see the best players go represent their countries but I, I listen given the circumstances and you know i i can i don't need i don't need the olympics this year the rangers are good i don't need the olympics this year um you know obviously it would be nice to see it but again listen i i get it it's not not i want them to go but i also get it if they all pull out like that's i'm not gonna be disappointed it's just it's the reality we face right now yeah no i i'm there with you so again rangers let's see if they can keep it going here uh oh sorry as as i'm uh as, as we're recording this I, my feet twitter feed is coming up with all like Rangers prospect stuff. Brennan Othman has another goal. He's got 19 goals and 23 games. He's got 36 points in 23 games, so he's killing it. Berard uh, gets the game-winning goal the other night, so he's taken to another level. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's clearly on the upswing, but uh, like you said, at some point adversity is going to come. So I think it's important. Maybe not so much the games. Maybe the games themselves are less important important than how they handle that adversity. So we'll see but uh tonight's gonna be a true test so when you're when you're listening to this hopefully uh they pass the test thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.